Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walchef. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. Every single week, we talk about our ongoing thesis, and that is digital hospitality. Every business needs to be digital first, and every business needs to be in the hospitality business. What does that mean? We are a barbecue brand that turned into a media brand, and our goal every single week is to give you a seat at the table to those people that we respect and admire and people that are playing the game within the game. Everyone knows that they need to be on the internet, they just don't know how to do it, which is why we bring experts on to teach us the ways that they are helping their clients, the way that they are doing it themselves to scale their business and to become more profitable. Um, one of the things that I love about this podcast is it's given me an opportunity to talk with people in all different industries all over the globe that I respect, admire, that are writing books. Today's author is Eric Schellenberger. He is a restaurant consultant. He is from the restaurant and bar restaurant and bar marketing. Uh, Marketers Ruin Everything is his third book. So he's put out two books already. This is his third book. It's coming out in January on Amazon. He helps restaurant clients, bar clients, nightclub clients improve their marketing. Um, there's a lot of exciting things that we're going to talk about today. And one of the cool things is, is that he has an antithesis to our thesis, which we are going to get into. So um, this is going to be an open conversation. We're really excited that you guys are joining us today. And without further ado, Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. So l- marketers ruin everything. Are you a marketer? I am. Yeah. Do you ruin yeah. everything? I, I, am, I, I hope I'm part of the problem. And uh, I mean, that solution is not the problem, but uh, that the meaning of that is, is basically you've probably seen it yourself. There's a lot of BS out there. There's a lot of people doing it dead wrong. And what's worse is there's a lot of professional in air quotes, marketing companies charging businesses to do it wrong. Yes. And it's, it, there's, there's so it's running rampant that it's, it's, it's unfortunate because if you do something correctly, it's so, uh, uh, restaurant owners are, are automatically going to be a little bit pessimistic because there's so much voodoo and snake oil bullshit out there. Well, that's uh, that's what I'm really excited to talk to you and, you know, to have difference of opinion and to have you hopefully educate me because we, you know, we have incredible people that listen to this podcast. First of all, nobody listens to a podcast unless they want to be better, unless they want to improve themselves and they want to improve their business, which is why we love everybody that listens to this podcast. We believe a rising tide lifts all ships. We literally cannot navigate. There's no way for us to learn how quickly the internet has changed just in the time that we've been in business since 2008. We talk about smartphones all the time because the first iPhone came out in 2007. Literally, we had a shitty location in San Diego. And if it wasn't for that smartphone, if it wasn't for all those apps, if it wasn't caring for caring about our website, caring about Google, caring about Yelp, caring about social media, we literally wouldn't be in business, which is why we put on this podcast, which is why we host rooms on Clubhouse, which is why we continually try to bring on the best people to explain what, what's going on. Because like you said, there is so much bullshit out there. And I understand that most restaurant owners aren't going to have a podcast. They're not going to have a blog. They're not going to be doing the things that we're doing, which is why I like having conversations with people like you that are willing to share that information that you've learned. You've learned how much bullshit is out there. You've learned what hasn't worked. And you've also learned what has worked. Talk to me about that oh shit moment where you go, this is not right. Yeah, yeah I've had a couple of those. Uh, so I, I, I came up, uh, I was the, the marketing director for a, a couple of different competing nightclub ownership groups in Scottsdale and Old Town Scottsdale, which is a, a fiercely competitive market. And it is, there's 13 clubs back to back on one streak that's about 50 yards long. And it's the, 
It's the main hub for everything nightlife related in the whole state of Arizona. And so at, when I was at these, these, uh, these offices, they had a formula that was very obvious. It was very like, let's plan an event. Let's make a flyer. Let's put it on social media. We're done. That was it. Can you, can you give me some context? What year, what years are we talking uh, about? This was starting in about 13 ish, 13, 14 and ended about four years ago, three years ago when I started my own business. Okay. So it was, it was later part of, of last, uh, last decade. So, um, what they would do was they kept doing that process, but nobody thought to measure the results. Nobody thought to say, wait a minute, is this working? How many eyeballs did we get based on those eyeballs that we get anybody in the door? Yep. And nobody, and I was the old guy among a sea of, you know, barely 21 year old people that are just club kids that, that happen to know how to get on Instagram and Facebook. So Sure. Well, this it is was, the this is the time. This is the the leap from Facebook to Instagram is really what you're talking about. Pretty much, and right? We're there, talking yeah. about like attention. Yeah, and uh, so they were very Instagram heavy at the time, of course, and so their their process was the same thing. And every time we'd have marketing meetings, even the owners, they're like, "Well, how many likes did we get? How many, you know, how many comments did we get?" And I was always the one like, "Hang on, how many people walked in the door and spent money because of that?" Yes. And the, the overwhelming answer was, I don't know. You can't measure that. But so I said, okay, well, let's stop doing that. Let's stop, start doing something that we can measure. Start doing something with a call to action, something that we can actually quantifiably say, yes, it worked or no, it didn't work. And we would, the, the numbers were awful. When we started doing this, there would be single digit numbers of a campaign that would take us a week to, to, to create and less than 10 people would redeem it. And so all the marketers are always like, well, if people don't necessarily say it, they're coming for the specialist, whatever we did, but not going to say it. They're not going to redeem it on paper, but they were there anyway. So it kept having to be these people were covering their asses and, and kind of defending their jobs by just saying, nah, 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 you're the old guy, you don't get it. And so I was like, hang on a second. Now I'd go, I'd go talk to the bartenders and I'd say, okay, how many people come in to this place on a Wednesday based on our promotion, based on this party we created and this flyer we created and this video we created, all this stuff. And at first the bartender's like, oh yeah, everybody loves that. They come in all the time because of it. Keep it up. Yep. And I'm like, okay, stop bullshitting me. I don't want to hear the politically correct answer. I'm not asking you to defend my job. Correct. Tell me honestly, how many people do you think walked in the door that wouldn't have been here anyway? And if they saw our stuff, that's the reason why I brought them in the door. And they're like, okay, none. Like you, you win. Not, nobody does. And so I would bring this, this up to my bosses in, and like I said, I work for two different competing nightclub management groups and they, they didn't even care. They didn't want to hear it. They're like, well, that's not what anybody else says. You're the only one saying this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, well, that should tell you something. I'm the only one that cares enough to care to, to go and look for the result, look for the actual ROI. That's sure. what I'm looking for. And for some reason, they didn't care enough about that. They just cared about likes. So I was like, you guys, if, if you don't care as much as I do about making money, I'm making you money. I get paid the same amount no matter what. Yep. I'm worried about your wallets. And if I care more about your wallets than you do, I'm out of here. Yep. And that's finally what happened. And I, I, I started my own business and everything's been amazing since then. When did, when did you launch that? I want to say it was about three, three and a half years ago. Um, the company's called Bar Marketing Basics. And I started that because I had, I knew I had a lot of connections when you're in the nightclub business, you do. I knew a lot of people around here. I was able to get some clients pretty early on 
and kind of built it from there. But uh, yeah, it was it was roughly three and a half years ago. And is it an agency model? What kind of what kind of work are you specifically doing for um, clients? So I focus on SEO and reputation management, which is basically local SEO, local search, or right here, right now search, and uh, review responses, which is responding to online reviews. You know, Google, TripAdvisor, Facebook, and uh, and Yelp, and basically not only putting out the fires, of course, flagging the reviews that that need to be flagged and go away, but most of it is thanking customers for leaving a great review. So most of it is really is just saying, thank you. We appreciate you. We hope to see you back in again. Why, why is the, it's a stupid question, but why is that important? Well, because nobody seems to do it. These people are going out of their <laughs> way. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're saying how great our business is. They're helping us succeed. And we're just like that ah, bucket. Yeah. Well, it's the, it's the equivalent of someone walking into your restaurant, having an incredible meal saying, Oh, I'd like to speak to the manager and telling the manager, this was fucking amazing. Thank you so much for cooking these slow smoke ribs. You know, you guys did an incredible job and the manager turning around and walking away as if no one said anything. Why the fuck are you doing that online? Why are you doing that online? Like so much of what we do with this, with this podcast, with all the content that we create is teaching restaurant owners, but also small business owners. The advantage that a restaurant owner has, a nightclub owner, a bar owner is that we understand hospitality. We wouldn't be in the fucking business if it wasn't for people and making memorable moments. So you do an incredible job in real life, creating these incredible experiences for people to come out on a Friday night, on a Saturday for brunch, whatever that is. But why can't you create that experience of humanity online? Why are you ignoring people online? Why are you not responding? Why are you not taking objective data that they're saying in multiple reviews that something was wrong with your bar or your restaurant? Why aren't you taking that information and then going back to the operations team and go, is there any truth here? Can we investigate this instead of just saying, oh, well, fuck them. They're an anonymous person. They're not coming back. Like literally once we started as a restaurant, taking that as instead of just a kick in the nuts. So we got a one-star review. Well, how about this? There's multiple one-star reviews. Maybe we should actually go and check our recipe. Maybe we should actually go and find out maybe maybe is something is fucked up. Maybe the equipment is fucked up and it's not getting to temp. Maybe something's wrong in the process for you. Once you launched your own business and you actually started having these conversations that you were already having as an employee or as, you know, working for these nightclubs, what was the change? What was the unlock where you actually started getting owners engaged in the search and reputation management? Because that's so important. And what I I don't hear enough people talk about is the importance of discovery on the Internet. Yeah. You know, discovery on the Internet, literally where people go with their smartphone when I go to you know, Puerto Rico with my family and we're going on vacation and we're looking for a place to go, where do you think I go? I go to the internet to ask the internet, hey, where can I go to eat? Of course. And my, my first book, that's one of the first chapters in my first book I talked about, I call it the fishbowl versus the ocean. The fishbowl is all of your databases, all your followers, everybody who's heard of you, they're, they're people that are your Facebook people, your Instagram people, your email database, all that stuff are people that are you're either they've probably been in the door before multiple times, or they're well aware you exist. They're your potential client anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the people outside of the fishbowl is the ocean of consumers who haven't necessarily heard of you, especially if you're in a tourist economy and you use primarily social media to connect with the people who are locals who already know you, and you don't even look outside that fishbowl. That's insane. And that's insane. crazy to me where... Nobody even thinks about that step one. Like you said, that's the catalyst step one without them finding you on, on, on Google first or Yelp first, the rest of it doesn't exist. They won't, they won't see your content. 
won't care about it, won't walk in the door. They don't know you exist still. So they'll yeah. go to somewhere else that they do find. That's the most insane thing to me as well is how do you disregard step one and how do you not optimize step one to where it's as relevant and as high up in every ranking engine as possible. That part is, is the craziest thing to me, how little focus people give to that. So I have a little story I'll tell it. Before, when we were running the restaurant, we started focusing on our website. We improved our website. Then we started to get multiple people calling our restaurant saying, hey, I want to order meatloaf on your menu. And we go, well, we haven't had meatloaf on our menu for three years. What are you talking about? And they go, well, I saw it on Zumato. I go, what the fuck is Zumato? All of a sudden, there's all these different sites. There's literally hundreds, if not thousands of sites where people can upload menus of your restaurant that literally they allow you as a business owner to claim your page and fill out your free profile. But the amount of places that a restaurant owner, a bar owner have to go to claim these pages, it's, it's significant. That's when I found single platform back in the day. And single platform was menu management, reputation management, allowing me to go into one place, software that said I can go in there and it's gonna update all my business information, all my operating hours to Yelp. It's going to in, in, uh, import it to Google My Business. It's going to import it to TripAdvisor. It's going to import it to all these other places, Zumato, all these other places that I had mentioned before. Now we've switched to another um, reputation management, menu management platform called Marquee that I absolutely love. You know, the founder, he was on this podcast. He does a phenomenal job, um, Ari. And what is crazy to me is even somebody like us that's obsessed with having everything right on the internet as much as possible that we can have right about our brand and our business. I still, there's no possible way that I would have time to go and update all of these different sites with all of the different changes that we have. I mean, we've changed, you know, for the last two years, just like any restaurant owner listening, small business owner with COVID, how many different hours of operating, what's our, what's our hours, what's our menu, everything is different. But now I, I can go to one place to change that information that's going to push it out to somebody that's driving in a Tesla that has a Tesla map. Well, guess what? There's information there about our restaurant that if I don't claim it, if I don't fix it, somebody's going to come and drive to our restaurant and say, hey, I came for breakfast, Sean. Why isn't your restaurant open? And I go, well, we haven't had our restaurant open since the pandemic for breakfast. Like we're no longer doing breakfast. We're barbecue focused. But now he's pissed off. Mm -hmm. That guy's literally pissed off because he drove from wherever to come out to our restaurant. What do you recommend people do um, to deal with this incredible influx of all these different places that you need to, to um, manage? I think the, any sort of those, those menu management platforms, like you talked about, those are awesome. And I think everybody, there's some that are so cheap that I think single platform is still like 19 bucks a month. It's yeah. something insanely cheap for like the basics. If you don't have something like that, Either if you, if you don't want to spend the money, cool, don't. Don't spend a lot, keep it cheap. Get something that aggregates all that information like one of those to where, yeah, you make one change, it makes the changes for you across the whole internet. If you don't want to deal with it, a lot of people that I've found that have that software, they'll pay for it, they'll do it for the first month, they'll forget all about it, that they even have it. It happens yep. more times than not. Yep. So if you don't want to mess with it out of sight, out of mind, hire somebody to do it. It's a service I offer. It's a service a million people offer. Whoever is yeah. your guy, you get that guy and have them do it for you to where all you have to do is, in my case, my clients will text me, hey, this is off the menu. Hey, our business hours changed. This is different. Cool. I got it. I take it. I plug it into similar software. I use software like that, but it's, it's obviously a lot more robust, but that's, what it, that's one of the as aspects that it does. If you don't do that, like you said, it's the Wild West and your shit is a disaster all over the place and you're going to get pissed off customers. 
There's mm-hmm. two ways to go about thinking about that. I've had a lot of people that have had the attitude of, well, fuck this guy in this Tesla because I don't even use that platform. It's not my <laughs> fault. It's his fault for using some obscure Correct. thing I've never heard of before. Correct. And, or you could have the attitude of, okay, I better get a handle on this and I better, better get all this stuff fixed because there's a whole bunch of information about every restaurant out there you've never even heard of. There's directories out there that nobody's ever heard of yeah. in our business, yet it has to be accurate. Not only because of that guy in the Tesla, but because of once all that stuff is exactly accurate, it matches, everything is uniform and perfect. That's when Google loves you and takes you and puts you at the top of the search ranking. That's yeah. one of the major uh, uh, kind of deciding factors of where, where Google's going to put you. So one of the things I, I heard you on another podcast and I heard you talk about your obsession with search engine optimization and how it, how it helped you change the name of your original book. Can you talk to uh, our audience? You know, we have people that aren't just in restaurants with small business owners, but the importance of key terms, search, what people are typing in the computer. Why is that important? And why did it start with the story of your book? Yeah, so the first the first book was gonna be called The Fishbowl, The Fishbowl versus the Ocean for that same thing I, t- I discussed. And I thought about that and that's more clever sounding, but then I thought nobody is gonna type that into Amazon, to an Amazon search. And so I named my book, which, which would be a branded search right. versus an organic search. Right, right. So yeah, yeah discovery, direct, all that stuff. So yeah. what, what I did was I used an actual search term. My books are called restaurant and bar marketing with a yep. subtitle. So it was that, that was exactly the reason why I did it. It's a very boring title. It's not clever, but it sells books. I still, well, it, is cle- it is clever because that's what people are searching for. Those are the solutions that people are searching for. So you're positioning yourself to help solve people's problems. Sure. So that that's that. Yeah, that that's exactly the reason why I, I named them that. And I still sell books to this day. My first one was 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 uh, three years ago, I think, somewhere like that, two three years ago. And I'm still selling a, a roughly a book a day, which, according to the my my editors and my publishers, they say that's like the top one percent of sales on in a business category usually books, they'll spike and they'll drop off. Mm-hmm. I'm still holding steady years later. And that doesn't happen without something like that. So it's something that sounds mundane, but going after the correct search term. And uh, here's a good side note is in, there's software out there that'll let you, that you can type in a search word into Google and it'll tell you how many people per month search that word and the competition for that word. And the, uh, the, uh, uh, there's another cost per click, cost per click. If you were to do a campaign, basically the, the volume and the competitiveness. So search words are so finicky that if I use the word bar and restaurant marketing versus restaurant and bar marketing, there's a totally different volume of yep. people searching that word. So I, I know that a lot of people I'll have clients this day after I'll go over this whole thing with them and explain to them, like uh, you, you have to research your words first. If you're not researching the traffic, you're totally guessing. Yep. And they'll, they'll contact me, especially this season. Everybody contacts me that I, that I work with and they'll say, okay, we want to go after corporate events. So we need you to optimize the corporate <laughs> event words. Yeah. And this, these, these next two months, that's all it is, is corporate events and, and holiday parties and all this and stuff. Catering. Yeah. And so I look up search terms like corporate events or corporate parties or restaurant, corporate, blah, 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 all those words. The search, ter- the search volume is so incredibly non-existent because that's not how people think. If I'm, if I'm in charge, I'm the secretary, I'm in charge of coming up with a restaurant to have our corporate corporate event at. Do you go and type in corporate events, restaurants? Absolutely no. not. 
Nobody does. You type in restaurants near me like everybody else does. Then you figure out where you want to have it. Then you call them and see if they can accommodate you. That's how the brain works. So to, to optimize a worthless word is a waste of time. And I'll tell my clients, I'm not, here's your numbers. Globally, that word is worthless. With your title, with your city attached to it, like corporate events in Scottsdale, I think it gets like 30 searches per month. It's, a, it's worthless. Yeah. And if you restaurants near me, it gets like 19,000 a month. So it's, it's I, I, I urge them to not put money into worthless words and stop guessing. Do the work, do the research. There's a, it's really simple. There's a, a Google Chrome extension called Keywords Everywhere. It's what I use. Anyone can use it. Keywords and all you do everywhere. is you, you perfect. We'll type it in. You type it in the show notes. Yeah, you type it into uh, type your word into the Google uh, little search field right below it. There's your numbers. Yeah, that's all you got to use, and it's really really simple. Anyone can do it. Yes, yeah, uh, we had some a guest on our podcast, and he was talking about helping dentists with search engine optimization and with websites and. So many of the dentists didn't understand, like nobody searches for dentistry or orthodontist. Like it's a dentist. I need a local family dentist. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's right. Start, start, start where people search. Like if you start to understand what search is and barbecue near me for us, like if there's a place, if people are driving and they put in barbecue into Google maps, I need to make sure that that shows up accurately. Here, that on that note, here's, here's please. a very interesting, I'm sorry to cut you off. Here's the no, no, please. One. I've done a lot of research on barbecues and uh, barbecue restaurants. So the word BBQ yep. gets about 10 times the traffic that barbecue spelled out with a QUE gets. And or, that gets or C, about- Or CUE. CUE gets about a, a half of that. There you go. So that's the order in how you spell it versus your traffic. So BBQ is by far the king of search traffic when it comes to barbecues. Don't even waste your time with this other two. Yep. I had a client that did that and they spelled it three different ways in three different places across a restaurant. It was a disaster, but anyway, side note. So uh, in your book, you talk about the difference between marketing and advertising. Can you tell us more? Yeah. So a lot of people that call themselves the marketing person, or, you know, if, if I'm doing business with a client, I don't, I don't, I'm out of the content business. I don't do content at all anymore. Um, it's based on opinion. I'm, I'm more of a math guy, not an opinion guy. So They'll say, okay, well, here's, our, here's what this person's been doing and what do you think? And it's all, it's advertisements. It's things that are, that are facts. They're stating a fact. Uh, happy hours from three to seven. We have half off drinks from three to seven. That's an advertisement. That's not marketing. Marketing is when the example in my, in my third book is there's, there's, a, there's a, a higher end restaurant around here and it's called uh, Ocean 44. What they have is when it's, they've got the unisex bathrooms. And there's a, there's a floor mat on the unisex bathroom in, right in front of the sink. It's really nice place. The floor mat says nice shoes. That's all it says. There's no logos. There's no hashtag. There's no bullshit on it. Just says nice shoes. Guess how many girls have taken a picture of them standing on that mat with their shoes <laughs> and posted it on Instagram without being asked to, without uh, being coerced. They, that thing is so brilliant. That's fantastic. That I, I brought it up to, I was with my wife and a bunch of her friends and I brought it up and like, oh, I've, I've posted that exact same thing. It was like five out of the six girls have posted a picture of them standing on that mat because it says nice shoots. That's marketing. That's yes. a brilliant marketing idea. But that, the, the problem is if you, if you pitch that to a, a, a boardroom full of managers or, or restaurant owners, they're going to say, you are out. You took a month to come up with this. That's you came up. You came up with a floor mat that says nice shoes. What the fuck is wrong with you? 
We need yes. a we need a, a, a happy hour menu full of you know fall sounding drinks, which is not. I think it's marketing. Yes, you kind of need that stuff, but that's not the point of marketing. That's an advertising piece. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I I noticed on your Instagram feed that you took a picture in front of you took a picture of your car in front of a pink wall. Yeah. Why? <laughs> the uh, the the cliche L.A. pink wall. <laughs> yeah, there's that uh, Paul Smith wall is it's the weirdest kind of anomaly I've ever seen is there's it's on Melrose and there's this just a pink wall. That's all it is. Yep. And it's got a line of people on the side. There's like a guy who works at the wall and he makes sure you don't put your foot on the wall. And there's a line of, of people all standing ready to get their picture taken against the wall. I was like, this is the most insane thing I've ever seen. Yes. What are these people giving a shit about this pink wall? So here I am taking a picture of my car in front of the pink wall. <laughs> And because I thought it was such a weird thing, I didn't think the wall was that cool, but I thought the, the concept of them thinking it was that important yes. was pretty cool. Well, it, it's amazing because it gets back to what you're talking about, the difference between advertising and marketing and advertising is selling. You know, it's checking the box to sell something. And that's the problem that we see with content on, in social media. I know you have a, an opinion about social media and content that I want to talk about, but what's important about the pink wall is that the pink wall is so significant that it's the most photographed wall in the entire world. The most images have been uploaded of this pink wall. It's become a story in and of itself. It hasn't sold any more things, but it's made it's made its way onto Netflix specials. It's made its way onto your Instagram feed. We're talking about it on this Digital Hospitality mm -hmm. Podcast, but it's the nice shoes example. Like that is marketing and storytelling at its absolute best. Because now you've given the user, the end user, the opportunity to do what we, what the best form of advertising that everyone talks about. It's word of mouth. Well, now word of mouth can travel through word of digital, word of photo, word of video. And the more that you do that, and the more that you create something compelling, when you create that, oh shit, memorable moment at your business, now all of a sudden people, they can't help themselves, but share that. Mm -hmm. You know, all the, all the things that I share are things that I'm super impressed by. If I'm impressed by it, I'm going to share it. Why, why do you believe uh, people are wasting their time with content and uh, social media? I think people aren't, aren't creative and they're wasting their time <laughs> with awful that's content. A great, that's a great answer. I mean, they're, 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 there's so much terrible content. not creative. Content. It, is hard. it is hard to make good yeah. content. <laughs> and, and just, I've seen so many just waste of time Instagram pages that i and it's weird. My first book, I kind of break down because everybody, everybody that, that, ask me about this stuff. They'll ask me about content. What do I do? And so I got into it a little bit. I'm like, hey, look, take nice pictures, get a professional photographer, take pictures of your food and your atmosphere, make it look good, blah, blah, blah. That's kind of day one stuff. It's, it's not that hard. But past that, you have to have something interesting and creative to say. And most people just leave it at that. They'll take pictures of us. They'll, they'll have a photo shoot and they'll roll through that photo shoot every day. Here's another picture of a, of Advertising. a menu item. You're and just that's, advertising on social right. media. That's that's all they do. And they just like, well, this isn't working. Well, no shit, it's not working. Would you go to that based on that? Would you discuss that post with a friend? Would you talk about that outside of you just scrolling by it? And it's always like, well, no, we're we're a, a neighborhood burger joint. Like what we're not, what do you want us to do? We're not in, we're not uh, uh, interesting. Yeah. That's not true. They've got to come up with something that's interesting and something that's creative something that makes someone stop scrolling and not only that show their friend or send it to their friend Correct. or the Holy grail of, of 
of social media marketing is when your clients send it to their friends on your behalf without you asking. Correct. They're, they're sending it for you. And just like the nice shoes thing, they didn't ask anybody to do anything. People know what to do. Once they're impressed, they're like, oh, damn, that's clever. Yeah. They're doing it. They're doing your marketing for you totally free. And it's the most valuable, most high dollar type of marketing you could possibly do because it's somebody else telling you how, how cool your restaurant is. We can talk about how cool a restaurant is all day long, but that's like saying how, how interesting and funny of a guy I am. If I told somebody, <laughs> Hey, you should hang out with me. I'm really funny. They'd be like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. But if somebody else says it, it's, it legitimizes it. It legitimizes it. And I'm all of a sudden they're like, ah, well, you're saying it must be. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's different and so much more valuable coming from a third party. So when you, when you've read, you've written three books and you're essentially doing what we tell people to do, which is share your secrets. And the more that you share your secrets, the more that people are going to find you and you're going to find more clients. Um, I know you have clients all over the world that have read your book and that have reached out to you when, when they reach out to you, where do you start? What, what's step one? I ask them what they've tried before. And usually it's the same exact answer. Yep. So tell me where you tell me your wins, tell me your losses. And they'll say, well, we do Instagram and Facebook and we don't ever get any traction. We get a couple likes here and there. And that's all we do. And that's 99% of the people I talk to. And uh, we, I get into the, you know, the, the in-house TV screens with promotions and all that other ancillary stuff. And it's kind of doesn't, and I'll, I'll always ask them, have you done any search engine optimization? Do you respond to your reviews? And almost every single time it's no, I don't have the time for the reviews. The Google part, no, I have no idea how to do that. And of course, the average intern or, or a person who's 21 that gets paid to post on their, on their social, they have no idea how to do SEO. They don't yeah. know how to, how to get a, 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 a business to rank higher in the Google ratings. Number one, it's really boring. And there's, it's not puppies and kittens and rainbows. It's boring and it's analytical. It's mathematical. It's just not fun. So nobody really cares to do it. But it's, in my opinion, it's the most important step of the entire process. So... Uh, once I, I kind of, they, if they've read my book, they already get it. I don't have to sell them on it. They already know, okay, we need to be found on Google. We need that catalyst. We need that step mm -hmm. one. And so I'll, we'll kind of go down that road. I'll explain them how it works. And it's, it's, again, it's, it's relatively mind numbing because it's just so dull, but I mean, it's, it's it, these days it's a necessary step. The more people that do it and the more people are ranking ahead of you, the worse and worse you are if you're not doing anything about it. So just sitting there is actually getting you worse everybody else climbing up on top of you in the rankings. Do you advise your clients to set up Google alerts for their city and their product category, their number one product category? I, so I don't really. And the reason why is because a lot of people don't ever read them because yep. they'll come across, oh yeah, I saw that, but I thought it was junk mail. I just, I just disregarded. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. You're going to use these, you're going to pay for these tools or Google alerts is free, but if you're going to use them, actually use them. And not yeah. just set it up and walk away, which is, you know, I mean, you know, restaurant owners, they, they're, they don't, they don't have the time yep. for anything. So if it's something like that, they're not going to have that five seconds out of sight, out of mind. So that's when I usually take on stuff like that for them mm -hmm. and just give them a report. Here's what happened. Yeah. What, uh, what advice do you have? I mean, Google's obviously important. Is Firefox important? Is Safari important? What are the principles that you're doing for Google that trans translate to those other search engines? Uh, those browsers? Yep. Browsers. Uh, I mean, the, the, the same kind of uh, concepts of, uh, apply to any, any, uh, any search engine, regardless of browser. Mm -hmm. So the, the same type of how to rank high in Google is the same thing of how to rank high on Yelp or yep. TripAdvisor. And I mean, 
there's there's subtleties for sure but that's more or less you use the same methods of being as as thorough as possible as correct as possible don't, you know don't don't fill out the, the least amount of of boxes you can until it ungrays out that continue button and get out of there make everything as thorough as you possibly can then make it everywhere make it all over the internet the more you're everywhere all over the internet that's when the magic happens but that's again it's super time consuming so hire whoever you want hire somebody to do that for you if you're a restaurant owner and it's it's a must these days and it's you know it's i'm not telling telling anybody to hire any money particular but it's got to be done because everybody else is starting to get on board which is hurting the people who don't do it yeah i mean we've we talk all the time about you know the the adage that it's location 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 which is what any landlord uh commercial real estate broker will tell a restaurant owner that you need to pay for this location, but the location is irrelevant if you're don't have a location and you haven't claimed all the locations you need to claim on the internet. It's digital, digital, digital. If you don't yeah. have a digital presence, if you're not an e-commerce company, if you don't understand all the things that you're talking about, all the things that you wrote about in your book, then good luck. Literally good luck. Uh, we could have opened our restaurant. I mean, we're, we're, we're very lucky that we opened in a shitty location. Because of that shitty location, we had to learn all the things that we didn't know. And once we learned how difficult they were, we started outsourcing and having hiring people way smarter than us to start dealing with as we grow. We can't literally do it all for ourselves. So investing in consultants, investing in coaches, investing in mentors, being willing to ask for help, being willing to do all the things that, hey, I'm not doing it perfect. I'm going to find out some other podcaster that has the most downloads or has been doing it the most. What are they doing to improve their business? Which is why we're grateful that anybody here is listening to this because this is where we learn. You know, We learn through getting involved. You have to stay curious. You know that search is important. You know that marketing for your restaurant is important, but what do you do? Once you do that, you go and you get Eric's book, you read his book and you find out, hey, these are things that I haven't thought about. Well, how do I do it? What's the next step? What did you learn in the process of writing one, two, now your third book? What, what, what mistakes did you make on the first two books? I think the, the, my tone changed from the first book was very instructional and it was very much like, how, here's how you do this. Here's how you do this. Here's how you structure a, a campaign Here's the things you have to claim. Here's, here's kind of the, the steps. The second and third book are more examples of how the pros are doing it. How people like, I went to a restaurant, I saw this and it was impressive as hell. It's so simple. It's free. Check out what they did. And it's stories mm-hmm. about people just killing it and having the best ideas that most of them don't cost a dime. It just takes a little bit of creativity. So it's, I think we're past, I hope we're past the point of how to, create a, a Facebook business page and how to link that and, and your Instagram together and how to it, use it, a- it. It's unbelievable. You're, you're 100% correct. I mean, the, the, everyone wants the strategy or the hack of how to do it. And the more important thing is the principle of that. You know, that it's important. You should do it. Now what? Now what? Yeah. Either you're going to do it yourself, which you can use the internet literally to search for anything on how to do it. There's a YouTube video. There's a blog. There's a podcast, like the, a book that you can buy, that you can listen to, like you can learn how to do it. But the question is, do you have the time to do it? And do you want to do it? Because if you're not excited about doing it, there's somebody like Eric out there that loves it, literally loves watching other owners kill it, crush it with things that actually do work. Um, that, go ahead. What, one of the funniest things about social media that, that people, it sounds like such common sense, but a lot of people don't realize is that when 
I've had so many clients approach me and say, I want you to do our social media for us. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't do that anymore. It's not, I don't, I'm not in the content no, business. I, I, do I not. don't recommend social media people to do other people's social media, which right. is why and, we advise anybody to do it themselves. Nobody's going to tell your story better than you. Right. That's just the, that's just the bottom line facts. And back to you say, most people aren't creative. I would argue that they are creative. They just don't know it. If you're a fucking business owner, you got into business. How many fucking people told you you wouldn't succeed opening your bar? No, sure. Wouldn't succeed opening your restaurant. Wouldn't succeed opening your nightclub. You fucking did it. You opened. Yeah. How many people did you have to convince in real life? Instead of convincing them in real life, we're just telling them, use your use video, short form video on your phone and tell the same fucking story you already told. Because that's compelling. That's what's going to make someone stop scrolling and go, fuck the other bars, fuck the other restaurants. I'm going to this guy's restaurant. He's putting his heart on the line. Yeah. But you've already done that. You've already done that work. Just continue to do it and learn the reps. Yeah. Because once you learn the reps of storytelling, then you start getting better at it. And, and the, the people who do their social media are given a hard drive full of pictures and they're just posting pictures Correct. on days. Everybody forgets social media is just a conduit to which you get your, inf- your, your, your idea or your brand out to customers. Yep. It's a conduit. It's not a picture or video platform. Yep. And so when they figure what content are you pumping through that conduit, they're like, well, I don't know, figure something out. Well, that's ridiculous. That's like saying, go make me a movie. It's got a one Academy Awards. Yeah. Okay, what do you want the movie to be about? I don't know. Just make a movie. Yeah. It's, it's that ridiculous. And people still have that mindset when it comes to social, which is totally why I'm just, I can't, I, I can't do content anymore. It drives me nuts. <laughs> Well, you are doing content. It's just a different form of content. Yeah, I guess you, so. Yeah. You're still doing audio content. You're still doing written content. Yeah. Um, all the things that we believe in, written content, audio, video, um, and images. That, that's just how the internet is built. And that's how, that's how we all learn. So uh, w- what's the biggest thing when you go and you do, when you give speeches and when you talk to other people, what, what's your takeaway? What do you want them to take away from, from your, your presentation? And what can somebody that's listening to this do now? I guess the, uh, the probably the biggest, biggest piece of advice I can give them is you just actually hit it on the head. Nobody is going to be more passionate about your business than you are. So stop throwing money at shit that is just going to be an endless hole of cash. Do it yourself. And the people say, well, you know, the number one thing, I don't have the time. We well, guess you do. You have the time. If you're managing your restaurant, you're probably sitting on your laptop at that you know, the bar stool right around the corner yep. against the wall. And you're sitting there for eight hours a day. You've got the time to do it. So get creative, get something interesting, get something that people are going to stop and check out. And there's a, there's a quote in my first book uh, about content. I say, uh, be the show, not the commercial. So meaning if you're a commercial, you're just another asshole that's cruising by in, a, in an ad or a sponsored post or whatever. The minute you're the show and now it's like, oh, damn, look at that. Would that be on like one of these travel channel shows? Would they, would they highlight your dish or your whatever? Something like that is, is, and that comes down to presentation. It comes down to menu. It comes down to all those elements come into one thing. And or do they market themselves? Are they creative and cool enough to where you don't need to market them? Because like I said, all the rest of your clients are already doing it for you. Look at, uh, there's a place I wrote up in both two and three of my books, um, called Barton G and they have places in, I think they're down in Miami, um, LA and maybe Vegas. They have what they call theatrical presentations and their, their, uh, their food, their presentations of their dishes are 
there's they're insane over the top. So there's there's a there's like a uh, a stake that it comes on an actual lawnmower. It's called the lawnmower, and it's a <laughs> I'm not bullshit. It's not a it's not a, a toy lawn. It's an actual lawnmower. Yeah, and it's that's the presentation on top of that. They have another fillet with it comes in a you know like a a, a wooden plate that's about a good 18 inches across with about a, a fork that's no exaggerations five feet tall sticking out of this thing. This fork is as tall as the, you know, it's, it's that big. And there's your steak in the middle of it. And they're every one of their dishes is in way over the top presentation. Yep. They have a, uh, they have uh, their drinks are insane. They have these elaborate things with them and whatever. I, and it's insanely expensive. I mean, the place for my wife and I, it'll, you know, with tip total, everything it's approaching 300 bucks. So they're getting a ton of money. And that's yep. why you look around that place when you go there and every single person is taking pictures and posting them a selfie with their gigantic fork and yeah. they're, they're doing everything for you. Yeah. So when, when everybody's doing your marketing for you, and again, the best possible ROI type of marketing, then you kind of win. Yeah. So anybody that. can do that. It doesn't take any more money to do that stuff. It just takes a little creativity. I love that. Be the show, not the commercial. Everybody knows that we, we fucking hate advertising. I mean, my son is, four years old and my daughter is two. And when they're watching YouTube kids and they get a uh, advertisement that comes up, they literally know the button to skip the ad <laughs> because they don't want their fucking shit. In. Don't interrupt my content. Yeah. I'm into the show. I'm not into the advertisement. Right. So uh, where, what's the best place people can find you and where can they buy the book? Uh, Amazon. You can either search restaurant and bar marketing on Amazon, or you can search my name, Eric Schellenberger. Um, Facebook at Eric Schellenberger, same with Instagram, barmarketingbasics.com. Sweet. Well, we appreciate your time. And like I said, uh, thank you for bringing a, a different perspective to our digital hospitality thesis. We, it's actually part of our thesis. We believe in search. Um, that, that's plain and simple. Search, search is so fucking important. Um, reputation management is so important. Uh, we believe in storytelling. Social is important. We believe in websites. I mean, everything that you're talking about, you're just educating people on the right types of marketing. Because that's, a, that's the, the best place to start is to start with, number one, owning your website, caring about if you're going to be, as much as we love Instagram, as much as we love TikTok, as much as we love Facebook, as much as we love short form video, if you're not putting that on your own fucking website that you own first, then you're losing it. There's, I can't tell you how many restaurant owners and bar owners that blog, daily blog on Instagram that don't put that content anywhere else. They don't put it on Google. They don't put it on all the places that are actually discoverable in their own market. Yep. So thank you for what you're doing. We appreciate um, your time. Uh, please, you guys, if you guys need anything, reach out to me at Sean P. Walchef on all the social platforms. Um, you can visit us at calibbq.media. Eric, congratulations on the third book. Uh, super excited and uh, look forward. If you ever need anything, man, reach out to us. We, uh, we're grateful to have you on the show. Will do. I appreciate the time. Absolutely. Boom. Oh.